Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Do 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 Yo, this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Frankie, what's up? Been ready for week 17, kind of-ish. Not really. Talk about some injuries with, who do we have today, Dr. A? Dr. A, yeah. Dr. A of Inside Injuries, so that'll be fun. Uh, continue to kind of recap the 2018 fantasy football season. Call out my rankings, call out your rankings. Sure. Have some fun. Absolutely. That's what we're going to do uh, over the next hour or so without question. We'll get right into it. Uh, break it down. Dr. Wright comes up at the uh, 20 minutes from now or so. Um, and we go, normally go over rankings for week 17. We reveal them on the show. I'm assuming you're not doing rankings for week 17? Yeah, I haven't even told Scott, so I hope he just knows. Okay. <laughs> right, dude, week 17 rankings, it's like it's really it's super hard to figure out like which players are going to play, how long they're going to play. Uh, the Cowboys are saying that they're going to play their starters. but If they're the, healthy. The last time that they were in this situation, I believe Ezekiel Elliott dressed but didn't play at all. And then Dak and Des Bryant both played five series each. So they weren't in the game for long. It's just week 17 is just a mess. I know a lot of people like to play DFS on this uh, slate because there's a lot of players that get opportunities to play that normally don't. Yep. So maybe that's where you want to go. I really, really hope that your season long is not going this far. But if you do have any calls regarding that, keepers... Uh, the season as a whole, life. Yesterday we said wrestling. Whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, right? I love it. 844-843-6879, Greg. Would absolutely love that. Um, Frankie, I want to start today's program uh, congratulating Jim Day on winning all of our games earlier this morning. <laughs> all of them. He was fantastic. Yes, he, he, he put on a show. I'm happy, uh, I'm happy he wanted to join my team. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. It's on demand now. It's our year in review special. Uh, we really focused just on football. We played a bunch of games uh, regarding football, um, and it was fun. It was fun. Good job by you, Greg. You know, I'm, I'm hosting, all putting together some interesting stuff. Uh, you, you went down an interesting path in terms of uh, s- stats that you used, red zone stuff, third down stuff. Yeah, because I, I mean, was- a lot of people don't like third downs. Is like, all right, let me throw this against the wall and see if it sticks. Right? It's like, like you, we all watch the game. But it's kind of hard to remember third down stuff. I was going to do more basic stuff, and, oh, I st- cool. and I started it, and I was like, I can make this more fun. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. So, I did. Um, I saw a Evan Silva tweet of it earlier, or yesterday, I should say, who, you know, and he, like me, have been all against the Saquon Barkley uh, draft pick, saying, hey, like, you're totally misunderstanding value in drafts. And he basically reinforced it yesterday. By saying, listen, the Saquon Barkley draft pick for the New York Giants won't just hurt them this year or next year or for the years to come. This is a decades-long mistake. And I'm just like, oh, my God. (laughs) 
But you know what? To the casual fan, right? The person who just watches the Giants week in and week out and sees the generational talent that Saquon Barkley has. I mean, the guy actually seems like he was touched by God or whatever it might be. He's amazing. But as we've seen with teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just kind of like, all right, well, next man up mentality. Like, yeah. Le'Veon Bell doesn't play. James Conner steps in, does just as fine. But you know who the Steelers always have that makes them go? Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback. Yeah. You take away, you know, you take away James Conner from the team, Jalen Samuels steps right in and, and does great. Now, Saquon Barkley is a player that can, he can outperform the offensive line that's put in front of him. Sure. I think that we've realized that by now. Like, the guy's averaging five yards per carry behind that offensive line. No doubt. He's awesome. He's amazing. But can you win with just a running back? And that's what it comes down to. The answer, probably not. Probably not. That's the issue. Realistically, the quarterback that they would have been looking at was Sam Darnold. And again, you know, we've we've spoken about this. This is something that's going to be compared for years and years and years. And years. Sam and Darnold years goes on to become, years. you know, a great quarterback. Not even a great quarterback. Him versus, if he starts in this league adequate, for a decade. You know, like if he's solid. Yeah. I mean, the Jets have been looking for a quarterback forever too. So Since Sam I've been Darnold and Saquon Barkley are going to be compared for a long time. And the next man up, I mean, you had Josh Allen was the next quarterback taken by the Bills. And while he's shown some rushing ability, he's still pretty raw as a passer. And then Josh Rosen, is this kind of just like a flush this season down the toilet for Josh Rosen? Because given what he went through with like changing offensive coordinators, the inept, uh, the ineptitude on offense, the fact that he, you know, he hasn't had a lot of weapons. He does have David Johnson and Fitz, but like just the way that he was used with the offensive coordinator, just kind of just like, all right, we'll sweep this year into the rug for Josh Rosen. Yeah, um, I think you have to. Um, I think you have to because it was the idiot offensive coordinator had no business Mike McCoy being there uh, at this point. Um, a head coach has never done this before and was overmatched, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to hope it's more of like a Jared Goff situation. There's obviously a lot of similarities given they went to the same school or they played in the same state, I should say. Um, and... And they looked overmatched, and that was a big word we kept coming back to when it was about Jared Goff. He looked overmatched. Their scheme wasn't good enough. It was all vanilla. And I think it's a lot of what you saw this year. I think if you bring in a brighter offensive mind with Josh Rosen and you figure out how to get the best out of him, there's a lot here. And I ultimately believe that he should get a pass for this. I'm not saying jo- that Jared Goff is like a superstar quarterback by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sean McVay, We've seen his warts. Definitely. But Sean McVay gets the best out of him. And I think that a bright young coach, not even young, a bright offensive-minded coach could get the best out of Josh Rosen. And, that's what, and that's what everyone's trying to find, obviously, from the Jets and I think the to same, the Cardinals. I think the same can be said for Mitchell Trubisky, too, right? Like, he looked overmatched last year. You, run, you bring in Matt Nagy, and I think, again, Mitchell Trubisky he has his warts. still overmatched this year at times. So is Jerry Goff. Still very raw as a passer. And Jerry Goff, and I'm not saying that Nagy's the coach that Sean McVay is, or Chicago has the offensive weapons that L.A. does. They, they don't. They don't, you know, Jordan Howard is not Todd Gurley. Tariq Cohen's not Todd Gurley. The wide receivers, they don't have anyone that's like Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks or Cooper Cup, right? Like, so those are not just like apples to apples. But Matt Nagy has been able to get the best out of that offense, I believe. And I think bringing an offensive coach, whoever that may be, will hopefully do the same uh, to Josh Rosen in Arizona. I don't know if you check out these, like, Dan Orlovsky tweet film breakdown things that he does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, o- it's obviously modeled after... Um, it's modeled after what Brian Baldinger does, but it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he did one yesterday, basically with Matt Nagy, and he was like, you know, a lot of people break down, like, quarterbacks and, and certain, like... He basically showed two plays from 
Matt Nagy won. Uh, like, they were both on third down. Like, it was the same play, but, like, the safety bit up too hard on, like, an out route. Right. And then the next time he did that same exact route, he had the wide receiver break up the field. Yeah. When the safety kind of, like, sure. drove on it. And it was just like, he's just like, this is what you're supposed to, this is what in-game adjustments are all about. Like, when you see a defensive player, and for, for Matt Nagy to do that in-game is just insane, right? Because it's not like... It's not like he has time to, like, break down every single play. It's not like he went to, like, a film room or whatever and, like, had the time to dissect it. Like, it's literally in-game. Like, he saw something a defensive player did and and basically changed the route on that play. Like, having an offensive mind like that is just awesome. And uh, hopefully the Jets and Cardinals can figure it out. There's more offense, better for fantasy. The I want to get into, Frankie... Some of the stuff that we got wrong. I was having a lot of fun with that yesterday. Yeah, of course you were. It's not talking you got, about everything I got wrong. It's not you got wrong. It's we got wrong. So I wanted <laughs> well, to, yesterday. Sure. So I, I wanted to hit. Um, we didn't really do the wide receivers yesterday. I kind of uh, skipped that, knowing that we get into that today. Yeah. So I wanted to get into the wide receivers today that we just really just crushed. Right. I'll say this. Crushed as in got right. No. Oh, that we were low on that yeah. performed well. Just, just we we're wrong. Okay. That we, we just were decimated by. Yes. The first seven receivers, and this is, again, like, again, like everyone has the first seven receivers that are the same. I totally understand that. We were right. Like, the fantasy community was pretty right with Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, Odell didn't work out great, but Julio, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, pretty good about that. Like, they all were really good. Mm-hmm. AJ Green obviously got hurt this year, and I wasn't, you know, an AJ Green at all. Um, actually, I'm going to pull up my rankings here. I had AJ Green. But I didn't really. I wasn't really in on him at all of this year. How do you feel about him going forward? It's. Uh, I think he's in an interesting place right now because Cincinnati is a team that I could see kind of blowing everything up and starting over. That's why I've thrown AJ Green's name out there as like a candidate to be traded, whether it's yeah. to the Jets or like another team that has a young quarterback that needs a legitimate wide receiver. Uh, so I could see the, the the Bengals kind of parting ways with the head coach and Marvin Lewis parting silly man parting ways with like Andy Dalton and really just starting over right and like putting putting this offense in the hands of like Joe Mixon and like all right we'll get a young quarterback in here and these guys will kind of like right. throw together sure. uh, and AJ Green obviously going to be entering a contract year next year and is very injury prone so like if you can get any value out of him like you could probably still trade AJ Green legitimately for like a second round pick yeah in the NFL, so, so that's something mm-hmm. that they'll probably look into doing. So I, I think a lot of it is going to be landing spot, but this is, you know, this has been pretty consistent now with him not being able to finish out seasons because if you look at him, as great as he is, as long as he is, he's super fragile. Like, he's a skinny dude. Uh, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the same kind of, like, monstrous build that, like, other guys do, like Julio Jones that can, like, play through injuries and all these other guys, and, like Devontae Adams, who's just, like, who's built crazy. So AJ Green, uh, I think on a per game basis, he could still he could still be valuable, but he's just always hurt. I think he he's gonna slide down draft boards a little bit next year. He wouldn't surprise me as a guy who goes in the third round. Uh, looking at his year by year production, right? So like played nine games this year, sixteen last year, but the actual production was down. Twenty sixteen, he was awesome, but only played ten games. So it's like a year on year off thing. Twenty fifteen played sixteen games. Twenty fourteen only played thirteen games. So I think Andy Dalton's. Uh, Andy Dalton and A.J. Green are uh, candidates to be on other teams. I think A.J. Green's days of being a first or second round draft pick for fantasy are over. I think so, too. I think we, we have finally reached that moment. Continuing down your wide, or our wide receivers here. Um, Admittedly, Greg, I just want to bring these up. The Vikings. The Vikings were a really 
They were polarizing in drafts. They were very hard to figure out. Everyone wanted to... Not everyone. I don't want to speak for everyone. I liked Kyle Rudolph a lot. If you look at the track record of Kirk Cousins, typically always through to the tight end in the Jay Gruden offense in Washington. Use Jordan Reed a lot. Whenever Jordan Reed was hurt, use Vernon Davis. So I thought the one lock to be consistent in this offense was going to be Kyle Rudolph. Couldn't have been more wrong. The most consistent wide receiver was Adam Thielen, a guy who also throughout the year dealt with some injuries, now two years in a row where he kind of deals with some injuries. Uh, and I think both guys are super talented, but... This is just me, Greg, and tell me if you thought the same way. I kind of shied away. Whenever I saw Diggs and Thielen in like that early third round range, I typically went in another direction because I didn't want to have to make that decision because I didn't know which guy it was going to be. And now we're learning, you know, two legitimate wide receivers can be very fantasy viable. You know, like, you, you had... Stephon Diggs is probably going to be a second round pick next year, second, third round pick, and Adam Thielen's going to be an early second round pick. You had Stephon Diggs at 10, you had Adam Thielen at 13. I had... Uh, Stefan Diggs at 13 and Adam Thielen at 12. I had him. I you had know what? All 13 of these guys were all super useful for fantasy. Like, I had Mike Evans at 9, Diggs 10, T.Y. Hilton 11, Tyreek Hill 12, Adam Thielen 13. All those guys were valuable this season. Do you try? I don't know that I trust Diggs as much as you do for some reason. Because he's just, he's not the same player when he gets banged up. I got to look at his game log. I told you. I told you that's, what I'm gonna, that's gonna be my thing next mm-hmm. year. So I gotta look at Stefan Diggs' game log because I feel, I feel like he's like been a little inconsistent. It was more inconsistent than people realize. Like, yeah, no, it definitely was. So, so the number, Just looking at it here. because the overall numbers are fantastic, right? 94, not fantastic, but good. 94 for 974 and 8. Those are really good. But there are too many games that were 3 for 33. That, that's bad. Week 3, 4 for 17. Not good. Week 6. Three for 33 against the Jets. Even eight, eight for, for 33, 33. Five for 49. Yeah, there were some duds in there. And, I mean, sure. he had eight touchdowns, which I, which is good. And I don't know how real you know, that is. But, like, even the games he had touchdowns. I'm sorry, Frankie. Even the games he had touchdowns in, and I, I understand that, like, helps the value, obviously. Three for 43 with a touchdown. He had... I mean, he had two, a couple of really good games, of course. But past week, two for, two 10, for 10 and a touchdown. And a touchdown. That's, those are, you know I mean... Game savings, and even even that's not enough, right? Like that in a PPR is nine points. That's not enough. So it's like I'm a little colder on Stefan Diggs, I think, than I thought I would be at this point. And he is wide receiver 14 on the year in terms of points per game. So still very good, but more of that high end wide receiver too. If you remember towards the end of draft season, Greg, uh, because of preseason, it seemed like Kirk Cousins was leaning on Stefan Diggs a lot. I remember he scored a few touchdowns in yeah. the preseason. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs was the one who shot up. Started going in the middle of the second round pick. It was a very shrewd move by, you know, high stakes fantasy players starting to really, really pull Stephon Diggs up the draft board, but it didn't work out. Everything that they wanted Stephon Diggs to be was what Adam Thielen was this season. 1,000%. Can, Adam will, Thielen in points per game. Will wide it ha- receiver six overall. Will it happen again? Like, you gave, you, you gave me the numbers, and that's great. Are you confident enough to draft Adam Thielen where he should be going, which is the... At the turn, at the early part of the second round, are you confident to do that next year? I'm very confident in Adam Thielen. I think you so, know, too. Plays, uh, plays a lot of his snaps in the slot. You know, we've kind of beat the dead horse or feed a fed horse. The only, the only problem is, once again, I know for me, one of the... We weren't sure who would play the slot in Minnesota. And one of the question marks we had coming into the season was who, what the new offense was going to look like with Filippo and Kevin Stefanski in charge. Mm. Filippo's gone. Stefanski's right now the offensive coordinator. I see where you're going with this. There's no assurances he will be next year. 
We don't know who the offensive coordinator will be in Minnesota next year, and we may have the same exact questions we had going into this year, which are very frustrating. So the way I thought you were going to go with this is I thought, especially if the Vikings win this week and they go to the playoffs, right. and that's on the back of like running the football a lot, if okay. they bring Stefanski the back, maybe they trend towards more running the uh, football. You know, being a balanced approach more so than passing as much as they did in a lot of games this year. Uh, so, you know, obviously more running would lead to less volume and less targets for both guys, uh, which could be frustrating. But I think Adam Thielen, just in terms of talent, uh, is warranted an early to mid-second round pick next year. You look at, here's the thing, though. The first half of the season, right, the first eight games, remember, he went over 100 yards for the first eight games yeah. of the season, yeah. each game. Mm-hmm. Now, here are the next seven. 22 yards and a touchdown, 66 yards, no touchdown, 125 and one, great game, 28 and one, 70, 19 yards and zero, 80 and zero. So I know he's kind of dealt with like these back injuries, uh, but there's now two years in a row where like he's kind of trailed off in the second half of the season. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Like ridiculous first half of the season. Like first eight games, he was the wide receiver one overall. Everyone had him pegged as like a first round pick heading into next year. But you got to look at the season in totality. And as consistent as he was in the first half, a little bit more inconsistent in the second half. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Inside Injuries is Dr. A. Uh, talk about all the latest injuries with us. We come, and then a little bit later on, continuing with the wide receivers and what we're thinking for next year. Stick around. More on the way after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Fantasy Football Frenzy NFL Playoffs You just want to go Super Ravens <sighs> I, Look, I, I don't want to really talk about the Ravens But you have to because like I just told Q Defense wins championships yep. I, I still believe in that I just don't think they can go all the way man. I, I, think I don't think they can either It's just too much talent on, on Team City and you're on Houston. I'm on Houston as well. Yeah. I mean, I think they're showing Now, Houston doesn't have the D, though. Like, Houston, like, well, they just got torched. Clowny are still there. They're making big plays. They can make weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on FNTSY Radio, and on your popular podcast providers. Frank Snap will go to extremes. Is that him going to another Billy Joel concert? Billy Joel song? Yeah. Is that a Billy Joel reference you just made? I mean, about the, the name of the song is oh. 
gold extreme. Going to another Billy Joel. Concert. Yeah, we're going for um, Judy's mom's birthday. Greg, do you ever get tired of doing the same things over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Dave Matthews Band, Billy Joel. It's pretty much all I see. Pretty much have like a, I wanted, a circle of oh, like no. three bands that you I go. Thought, see, I tried to buy tickets to Third Eye Blind this month. You, you don't Brooklyn. venture outside like your circle of trust. I'm gonna have to look at tickets. Who else is inside the circle of trust, Greg? Th- um, I haven't seen. Uh, I got. I want to go to this concert, Third Eye Blind, January seventeenth. I never bought tickets. All right, but who else is inside the circle of trust? Obviously, Billy Joel. Obviously, Dave Matthews. Those are really the only two I see like consistently. I'd say. All right. Be honest with you. I mean, I've seen plenty of other concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to be the next Daily Fantasy legend, try DailyRoto.com for free this holiday season. That's right. Free advice from the fantasy pros, free NBA DFS projections, free optimizer access, and free everything else you need to dominate Daily Fantasy basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold hard cash and get free access to DailyRoto.com with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS. Access your free trial right now when you head on over to DailyRoto.com. The promo code is DRHOLIDAYS. We are now joined from Inside Injuries. It's our good buddy, Dr. Ray. What's up, Doc? Hey, guys. Um, for some reason, uh, oh my God. I'm an avatar. You're an you avatar. That? Like I've got, I'm an I'm avatar. I don't know. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm seasick. I feel, like you're using that fil- <laughs> I feel like you're using that filter on your phone where you, like, you press a button and it's a filter. So now like you're, instead, your scrubs are orange and your face is blue. <laughs> yes. So, um, awesome. I'm physically getting sick looking at me, but I'll 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 push through this. It's fine. I'll, I'm good. Doc, I can't tell if you're trying to troll us. Uh, if this is like by accident, <laughs> is this like a camera thing? Are you wearing makeup? Is this I, planned or is this completely not planned? I completely not planned, and I have not done anything. I, I and and I guess it's not a practical joke on your side. So I don't know why why the why the color looks like this, but. <laughs> Uh, Doc, we're going to need we'll a prognosis uh, on yourself. <laughs> How likely yeah, are you to do anything need... this week, considering you're blue? <laughs> I think I need to take some Advil and go to, go take a nap. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get into it. Before we hit on all the NFL uh, news from Week 17 and into the playoffs, I want to start with the biggest injury this week, and that was LeBron James on Christmas, who said, quote, he felt his yeah. groin pop. Now, he had an MRI. He said that it's day-to-day. He might miss a couple of games. What's going on with LeBron's groin? Yeah, it's a grade one groin injury. Um, even though the MRI is clean, it probably showed a little strain uh, within the groin musculature. And, you know, that's that's fine. Uh, in basketball, it's a completely different world than NFL. Um, you know, they are fair. Uh, you know, the way they treat injuries like this, especially with uh, a superstar like this and the, the fact that there's only 12 members on a team, they will be very <coughs> tentative with this. And, um, you know, it's going to be. Um, you know, right now he's at 50% right now. Um, you know, we'll take a game off. We'll be day to day and you'll see that HPF start to escalate quickly into the seventies and then back up into the eighties. He looks like he'll be probably if my, if our guess is we're looking at about two weeks. All right. Two weeks isn't bad. Two weeks isn't bad. They're going to obviously be very, very careful as, um, Dr. Ray just said, with LeBron's groin, there's only a couple players on the team. LeBron is that team. They have to make sure he's healthy. I don't think you'll see him back on the court until he's fully ready to rock. Yeah, it's just so crazy, right? We don't normally ever deal with injuries with LeBron James. So for just for you NBA fans out there or fantasy basketball players who own LeBron James, uh, we also had an injury to Rage on Rondo last night. So perhaps we see an uptick in production from guys like Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, etc. 
Doc, let's get into the football news. Uh, James Conner practicing in full this week. Uh, I know that we've been waiting a while now. A lot of people might be playing in DFS. The Steelers still have a lot to play for this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's a good matchup. So whether you're still playing season long in Week 17 or DFS, I think James Conner is going to be a good play, assuming your algorithm says that he's good to go this week. He is. Uh, this is great. Um, I mean, he's 73% right now, which is very close to a peak. Our peak starts at 80. So by game time, you know, he'll be very close to peak, maybe 78, 79%. So they've done everything right here in terms of this specific injury. So look for him to have, um, you know, uh, at least not the injury impacting his play. You know, the the, the other team's defense could have an impact on that. But, you know, um, I'm not sure who they're playing this week and what the status of that defense is. But from his perspective, he has he's nearly completely healed from this high ankle sprain and should be good to go. All right. So it's about time he gets back from the high ankle. Sprain. Well, well, Doc, uh, the, the Steelers are facing the Bengals and they don't have a defense. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty good uh Pretty good for James Conner this week. It is going to be good for yep. James Conner, who's been an RB1 all season long. But what about the RB1 all season long? That's been Todd Gurley. He was a late scratch on Sunday. He worked out in pregame warm-ups at 4 o'clock. He said, you know what? I want to take a game off. How serious is the injury to Todd Gurley? And should they rest him another week? Because if they do, and they wind up winning and beating the 49ers, he then gets another week off next week before they have to play again in two weeks. And I've assumed he'd be fully healed then. What's up with Todd Gurley? Yeah, so uh, Gurley, we projected him back at week 17. So, you know, he is uh, right now at 76% and, you know, about four percentage points from peak health. So, you know, this is more of a gut check for him, I believe. But from the statistics and from a medical perspective, by game time, he should be he should have healed completely from this particular injury. Now, he's he is at 16% elevated injury risk. So, you know, that's not going to change. So he obviously he is a a little bit uh, he's not a low injury risk player but you know from this particular injury he will be back up to 80 percent which is peak health in in our books so he should be ready to go so this is more of like a game time decision kind of you know you know sort of a gut feel by him but medically speaking he should be good to go all right so pretty good news for Todd Gurley medically speaking he should be ready to rock the Rams doing the right thing keeping him out last week getting him 100 percent or as close to 100 percent healthy as you can get this time of the year yeah, but make sure, again, if you are playing in Week 17 or plan on playing DFS, C.J. Anderson played 75% of the snaps last week. He was amazing. 20 rushes for 167 yards and a touchdown. So if Todd Gurley can't go or they just want to be you know, super safe with him, C.J. Anderson, obviously the next man up, who performed very, very well in Week 16. Doc, I want to ask you about Eric Ebron, the oh-so-important play-in game for the Indianapolis Colts playing Sunday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. Eric Ebron has been awesome for fantasy owners all season long because of his ability to score touchdowns and do work in the red zone. But can we depend on Eric Ebron to be out there as he's dealing with a concussion issue? Yeah, so, you know, the good news for him is that he's not had a concussion or documented concussion that we could find in the NFL. He's had multiple other injuries, but he's not had a documented concussion, which is amazing if you think about it. But, um, but uh, you know, right now he has a grade one concussion, which does require a two-week optimal recovery time. Wild card round is where we feel like he'll be optimally recovered, which is a conundrum now for the Colts because, you know, the guy, he, you know, they're taking a chance and a risk for, to get him if he does play this week because he's not going to be fully recovered from this concussion. He may 
pass, you know, concussion protocol. I don't think he's as he I don't think he's cleared concussion protocol yet. I'm not sure if he has or not. Um, but he was limited Wednesday in practice. And so um, what we're looking at is week 18, not this week, which unfortunately for the Colts is sort of a very difficult decision for them to make. But he will not be at 100% if he does play this week. Obviously, the Colts need to win this week in Tennessee on Sunday Night Football. They could be without Eric Ebron due to that concussion. We'll see how quickly that he could get back. Um, that is the question. They can't play him unless he passes the protocol. We'll see what happens. But speaking of that game on Sunday Night Football, we're talking to Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. We know Andrew Luck will be out there. He's had a fantastic season, probably the comeback player of the year. The quarterback on the other side Agreed. has been banged up all season long. That's Marcus Mariota. He's had major nerve issues throughout this season. Uh, we've heard it's been about his elbow. He's had a couple of stingers. He had his latest one on Sunday. He said he couldn't feel um, his thumb. And this has been a recurring issue now for Marcus Mariota. What's going on? And is he going to be out there on Sunday night? Yeah, you know, the his his condition needs a lot more work up that's probably off-season directed. Um, you know, there shouldn't be a reason why he continuously has these stingers and what that results in is probably something more from a spinal standpoint that's kind of underdiagnosed maybe. That's what that's what our thoughts are. And so, um because this is his third nerve injury this season, there has to be something going on with the spine that they're not releasing and that you you probably will hear about something like this in the off-season and the require some sort of spine surgery or some intervention, uh, et cetera. So, I mean, he, he did not practice Wednesday. He should not play in this game, which again is bad, is bad news for the Titans because I think they have to win this game to make the playoffs. And so, um, you know, uh, right now for a stinger like this, it's a great two stinger with the other two previous ones. It's a four week recovery time. So this is a conundrum for the Titans is, you know, we're slating him for January 20th <laughs> to be back. And so um, he's at 38%. He is not going to be anywhere above 50% or close to it by game time. You know, uh, this is this is a definite not play for Mariota from a medical standpoint, but we'll see what happens. I think conundrum is the right word to use here, Greg, when it comes to Marcus Mariota and the Titans, because they have to weigh, obviously this is a win and they're in game. They need to weigh if, you know, Mariota at like 50% health actually gives them a better chance to win than, like, yeah. Blaine Gabbert at 100%, right? And that's honestly a decision that they're going to have to make. So uh, we saw a team like yeah. the Panthers, who wasn't playing for anything, like Cam Newton was not making them better. He was actually making them worse while trying to play through an injury, and they obviously uh, rested him. But and, and Yep. Yeah. And honestly, guys, sorry to interrupt, but I will tell you, knowing the coaches in the NFL and knowing how these guys think, yeah. um, it's basically game of chicken. If Mariota doesn't play, Ebron doesn't. If Mariota plays, Ebron plays. <laughs> so I mean, uh, you know, it's tough because Ebron's in the protocol. Though. They don't. It's not really their yeah. choice. I think, right? Yeah, he's gonna have to clear. Uh, he's gonna have to clear protocol. But I think the fact that Doctor A brought up Ebron hasn't had a documented concussion in his NFL career. Uh, Again, concussions, every concussion is different. Like, they can take longer than others. Uh, but I think that very fact, me, it, I think it bodes uh, well for Ebron being cleared here for Sunday Night Football. Doc, I want to ask you uh, something more so for next year for Keeper and Dynasty Leagues. Philip Lindsay was a pleasant, pleasant surprise for fantasy owners this year. Picking him up off the waiver wire, undrafted rookie free agent for the Denver Broncos. You know, he's a top 12 running back this year. He's been great. Now, I know I'm going to butcher this name here, but honestly, I've never heard of it. So you can help me out. A scaphoid 
fracture or a scapoid <laughs> fracture, something like that. And he has ligament damage in his wrist. He's facing yeah. a lengthy recovery. Apparently, he's going to uh, be rehabbing for, from this for the next four to six months. Will he be good to go for next year? And how do you pronounce that word? Yes, yeah, it's, it's scaphoid. Scaphoid. <laughs> Not really close at all. So uh, it was close. It was pretty good. Pretty good, though. Um, no, that's a, that's one of the bones within the wrist. Uh, um, it's one of the central bones. Um, and when they talk about ligament damage, um, there's a bone next to the scaphoid called the lunate bone. And there's a ligament that attaches those two bones together. That is the ligament that is likely torn. And uh, and that's that usually happens with a scaphoid fracture. Here's the problem, guys. This does take about six months to heal, but the scaphoid is a massively difficult bone to heal um, even after surgery because the blood supply to this uh, portions of the scaphoid are very limited. So it can develop necrosis, and if that happens, then his c- career is in jeopardy in terms of that, or he'll learn have to learn to carry the ball with his other hand, uh, other wrist. But um, you know that's why it's a very complicated type of uh, injury. It's a freak injury. Like this is something that is unpredictable. You know. Uh, uh, you know, these types of injuries, this type of specific injury, it, it's like a very freak type of play. And, you know, um, so, yeah, six months, six, we're, we're predicting about six to eight months, depending upon how his recovery and surgery are. We'll have we'll be more accurate in terms of when what type of surgery and what kind how, how successful a surgery is. But we're looking at at least um, July uh, possibly August, maybe not even ready for training. You know, it's probably going to be in uh, September. He'll miss some time next year. It's crazy because when you hear about um, a broken wrist, you're thinking, all right, well, you know what? He's still trained. He can still run. At least it's not his knees. He's not his legs. But the broken wrist, you're like, all right, we can carry the ball. It's no big deal. That is a, a, as bad as a report as we've gotten in a long time here uh, from Dr. Ray in regards to Philip Lindsay. So tough news there. Yep. We're talking to Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. Let's, let's Make it a little positive, right? Let's let's be a little more cheerful now. We need to pick me up. Hunter Henry tore his ACL back long before the season began. They activated him off the pup list with the idea that if they're playing in the first round next week, week 18, if you will, the first week of January, he would be eligible to play in it. He's been practicing now for two weeks. He's obviously not playing this weekend. Is Hunter Henry going to play next week, Doc? So medically speaking, he should. Um, you know, he, we had him slated back uh, to come in mid uh, to end of November, wow. and so now we're sitting here in mid December, late December, and he hasn't played. I think from a precautionary standpoint, uh, not from a medically. There's no medical uh, a potential medical reason why he would not be playing since mid to late November. But he's at 98 percent HPF, which is the highest you can possibly have in our system. And so he's done his job. He's recovered. He's rested. He's rehabbed. He's taken it slow. And, you know, he's at 11% injury risk. Uh, and so it's low. And so he's at low and peak. He's ready to go, guys. And the Chargers should definitely use him. Wow. So Hunter Henry, after all this time, works his way back from the brutal ACL injury. And he's, like we said, he returned to practice on Monday, December 17th. It is now Thursday, December 27th. 21 window, 21 day window is going to be up next week for the playoffs, and he should be healthy and, and ready to rock. He again tore that ACL. Um, let me see, he turned that ACL in like back May. in May, I believe, yeah. right? So May, May. Yeah. so yeah, that's a pretty miraculous uh, recovery, right? Uh, about seven, eight, seven, eight months, months getting yeah. back. Yeah. Now we have seen players do that, particularly in baseball. I mean, Kyle Schwarber certainly comes to mind. Played DH though, it's a little bit different. 
but be very, very impressive if Hunter Henry does get back in the field in January for the first week of the playoffs, Frank. Yeah, keep that in mind for those playing in like playoff fantasy football pools as well. Uh, maybe he doesn't see the full complement of snaps, but always been uh, a red zone weapon for Phil Rivers as long as he's been in the NFL. Very brief career, uh, but good news, especially for those of you who own him in keeper and dynasty leagues as well. Uh, one more I wanted to ask you about, Doc, uh, was Tevin Coleman. Just for those still playing DFS this week, Week 17, uh, they're going up against Tampa Bay, so it's a good matchup. And if Tevin Coleman can't go, Brian Hill just ran eight times for 115 yards a week ago and, and would presumably see a full workload here if Tevin Coleman can't go. Uh, he's dealing with a groin injury as well, did not practice yesterday. What's the latest on Tevin Coleman? Yeah, this is a huge red flag. Uh, I mean, um, if I was, uh, you know, if if I was the coach of the Falcons, I would not even think about playing Kevin Tevin Coleman. I mean, this is one of those games you play the last game of the season and you think you're going to go with a groin strain and boom, you make it make it worse and it causes a much more significant injury. You know, he's at 45 percent right now. Uh, it's the last game of the season. There's no reason for him to be on the field. Doc, last question comes from me, and it's about going into next season here. Demarius Thomas, it looks like ruptured his Achilles. How similar is this to his teammate, ex-teammate Emmanuel Sanders hurting his Achilles just a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, the injuries are the same, but it's really going to depend upon how much of that original tendon is torn and sort of demolished. Uh, if they have to use a graft, a cadaver graft or some sort, the recovery is so much longer than if they have if they can use a native graft or a piece of tendon from his own body. So that's going to make the biggest difference of how much damage was caused and what what's the extent of the Achilles tear. There's still like a grade of full thickness and partial thickness and retracted versus non-retracted and how much blood there is, etc. So I mean. That's it's all going to depend on that. So that even though the injury is the same, they could have very, very different recovery periods. Interesting there, Greg. Uh, you feel for Demarius Thomas. And on the surface, you would just assume Demarius Thomas is older than Emmanuel Sanders, right? Probably the same age. I the think. Same age? Yeah. 31. By the way, I have to say that, that one one more player, Spencer Ware. I want to say this. He is healthy. <laughs> all right. Spencer so, Ware. Good to go. It's a go this yeah. weekend into the playoffs for Kansas City. Doc, we appreciate it. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We'll talk to you next year, my friend. Yep, and I'll try to not be blue next year, okay? All right. We're taking a break. We'll be back here at the BFFs right after this. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now and keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Indeed knows finding the right hire takes time away from your business. Hiring a qualified data engineer felt like a second job. More job seekers use Indeed than any other site, so there's no better place to find someone with the skills you're looking for. I needed someone with a master's in computer science and database experience. Plus, Indeed screener questions help you find your shortlist fast. Now I'm back to having just one job. See why more than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total visits. Lumber Liquidators is celebrating the opening of our 400th store. So we're putting over 400 floors on sale. That means huge savings for you. Get pre-finished hardwood and bamboo up to 36% off, including new styles like Mediterranean maple and bestsellers like Silverstone bamboo. Take 25% off all Dream Home laminate and 10 to 15% off our best waterproof floors. More from just 49 cents, plus special financing and professional installation. Hurry, get to your local Lumber Liquidators today. 
Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Sample and I, Big Sussman, hanging out. Hanging out to the end of the year. Pretty relaxed. Yesterday was pretty relaxed. Relaxed day. Got everything done pretty early. It was nice. Oh, absolutely. It was great. I went by like 5.30. I was laying on my couch. The rhythm. If you, you had a big rhythm on Monday on Christmas Eve. That continued into yesterday. Today will not be one of those days. But I think tomorrow could. Oh. Summer Friday? I think In the middle of winter? Listen, I think if we, if, if we work on it, yeah. it can be. Why wouldn't it be? We don't have anything crazy to do. We just probably have an NBA Fantasy Friday we have to do. But if we don't fill it in here, we may be able to just do it in the morning. It would be cool. That would be, like, awesome. We can pull that. Make it happen, Greg. Yeah, let's see what we can do. I think we can, I think we can make it happen, actually. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's, um, let's continue on. And you mentioned before teammates, right? Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. Let me ask you about another set of teammates and next year and this year, what we got wrong and what we got right and where we're headed next year, okay? Okay. Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. Coming into this year, you had Brandon Cooks ranked number 28. I was definitely out on him and definitely wrong on him. You had Cooper Cup at 33, and you had Robert Woods at 34. So you ranked it Cooks, Cup, Woods, all inside your top 36. Mm -hmm. All wide receiver threes, all from 28 to 34. So pretty close bunch together. Uh, Cook's a slight tier above um, Cup and Woods. Going into next year, how would you rank those three? You don't, so, have give, you don't have to give me what number they are now, but like, how would you rank just those three? So I'm actually, I'm actually on the Inside Injuries website to see when they would have Cooper Cup as like a safe to return. Like, When do you think Cooper Cup would return next year? Because well, I think that obviously changes a lot. So he tore his ACL in November, yeah? Early November, I think. Is that right? Yes. So early November. these guys are returning, like we just spoke about Hunter, Hunter Henry, Henry, right. So December, January, February, March, April, May. Like, I think he's going to be good to go. I think he'll be fine for training camp. I think he'll be fine for training camp. Inside Injuries has his healthy to return May 21st. Okay, so <laughs> that would be fine for training camp. Yeah, like he's good to go in July. Um... Just for, just, yeah. just for transparency's sake, for the record, I had Brandon Cooks actually the highest out of both of us. I had him at 23. I had him as a wide receiver, too. Okay, and he's wide um, receiver 22 in points per game right now. So you're oh, pretty, so pretty accurate there, yeah. I mean, I had Allen Robinson and Chris Hogan right in front of him. So, whatever. Um, I had Cooks at 23. I had Robert Woods at 28. And I, I guess I was the lowest. I had Cooper Cup at like 41. So I was dead wrong there, just to be clear. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup's going to be 100% healthy. And I'm not going to say that he's not like an uber-athletic guy. but I, I think he I, is. I think he's a guy that can come back from the ACL and be like good. Like I don't think it's going to affect his game all that much. Kind of like Julian Edelman. 
Yeah, kind of like Julian Edelman. Like, he plays a slot wide receiver. There's definitely no other parallels between Cooper Cup and Julian Edelman. Well, they're both white slot receivers, right? I mean, like, yeah, I was making a joke. Right? I, I, I mean, well, I, but I think it's like a fair comparison, no, no, no. though. All right, so honestly, I would, I would rank it Cup, Woods, Cooks. Really? Yeah. Cooper wow. Cup is going to be number one for me. Interesting. Just look at the way that he was performing, right? While all three were on the field together. Now, Robert Woods is wide receiver 12 this season in points per game. He has surpassed Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup hasn't been playing. So he's seen more targets. Uber consistent. Love that out of Robert Woods. But let's not forget. When Cooper Cup is healthy, he is Jared Goff's go-to guy. I don't... <sighs> he is, Greg. I don't know about that, man. I own, so I own... The only one I didn't own When he was playing, he Cubs. led the team in red zone targets. He led the team in targets overall. Was also very consistent. So what's really interesting about this Let's is, look at his game log. Well, we have, 5 for 52 and 1, 6 for 63, 4 for 71 and 1, 9 for 162 and 2, 6 for 90 and 1. Then he got hurt against Denver, came back the next week, still played well, 5 for 89 and 1. And then the last time we saw him was Seattle, 5 for 39 and 0, but he was probably playing hurt in that game. He was great. He was great. He was awesome. Let me pause and cut. you want your guy, Robert Woods. Let me pause and cut for one second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get back to him, I promise you. Brandon Cooks. The fantasy season, his fantasy season is over for all intents and purposes. 71, 75-1103. Robert Woods, 84-1206. That's just receiving, I think. It doesn't count. He just doesn't the, score touchdowns. Um, I didn't even know that he had that few touchdowns. Wow. Cook, so Woods had one rushing touchdown. Cooks had one rushing touchdown. So they're equal. To me... Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods are basically the same. Yeah, Robert Woods scores more touchdowns. Du- yeah, double the amount. Yeah. But we talk a lot about touchdowns being kind of fluky. Yeah, in a no, way. I mean, I do you not think this is one of those? Kind of like, one of those? They're all kind of intertwined, right? It's what we yeah. talked about with the Rams wide receivers all season long. Is like right. Sean McVay lines all three of these guys the, went healthy all over exact the same place, spots. Yeah, and they all kind of do their thing, and it's like a game to game basis, like based on all right. Well, if this game they're versing a team that has like. We know that Brandon Cooks has struggled against fast cornerbacks in his career. Like, if they have an elite cornerback, maybe that's the game where, like, they attack more of the slot with, like, a Cooper Cup or, so I, or Robert Woods. So what I think is really interesting, and again, I'm all about game logs, right? That's, that's what I'm about. So Brandon Cooks, despite having, less, despite having less yards, about 60 less yards or 50 less yards than Robert Woods this year, Brandon Cooks has five 100-yard receiving games. Robert Woods has three. Okay, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, but Robert Woods overall is more consistent. I'm getting to that. Yep. Brandon Cooks has games where he did not catch a pass, where he had two for 53, three for 74, four for 62, three for 22, three for 35. Brandon Cooks has not caught a touchdown. He he, ran, he rushed for one week in, uh, I don't know what week is it because I'm using fantasy data. Uh, in week, he rushed for one in week 11. He has not scored since then. His fantasy playoffs are 3-for-22, 6-for-59, and 3-for-35. Not helping people win chips. But to be fair, the whole Rams offense has not been helping Definitely. people win chips. Definitely. Outside of Robert Woods, he's, he's actually he's played through everything. He's been Now, great. what people like about Robert Woods is that if you... So, week one was awful. It was 3-for-37. Since week one, he has caught five passes in every single game, and he's had at least 60 yards receiving in every single game. Now, Robert Woods' touchdowns have come in bunches, right? He had... Th- Three in weeks three and four, and then he had back to back in week um, twelve and thirteen. Nothing in the middle of the year at all, and then obviously one last week or two last week, uh, one rushing, one receiving. So again, very similar. 
And then you bring in Cooper Cup and how that dynamic would have changed things. Now, I, I want to bring out specifically the beginning of the year because that's when Cooper Cup was most healthy. If you look at the beginning of the year, um, in particularly September, where he was totally healthy, he had the most touchdowns of these guys, right? He had four touchdowns. In, in September, Cooks had one. Woods did have four because he, he built them up. So Cooks had the least amount of touchdowns in September. When you look at yards, it was Woods and Cup that was the most consistent. If I have to choose one, I think the one that I want the least is probably Brandon Cooks. I agree with you. And I think he's going to be the one that's drafted first. Just because of the name. Name value. His name is Brandon Cooks, and... People are going to think, all right, well, second year in McVay's offense, like he's going to improve. He's going to be the first one drafted of these guys. Now, where are they all drafted? That's the question, right? Because last this, this year, we had trouble trying to figure out who the Vikings' main wide receiver was going to be, right? And those, both, both of those guys were going in the third round, and there was only two. Now there's three that you're going to have to differentiate. Between. Definitely. Me personally, I would think, I mean, I can see all these guys. I know there's a lot of wide receivers. I would think right? Brandon Cooks is like a third rounder, and the other two are like Second fourth rounders. Oh, I see. You think they go, not what their value is. Mm-hmm. I literally can see all three of these guys go back to back to back. Like it, it, I don't know what the wide receivers. I have no idea how it's going to have it ranked in August, but I can yeah, see the that. The thing is, like, how They're do you all, differentiate them so on hard. a week to week basis? It's very hard. Like, I don't think there's like rhyme or reason. Like I said, I think it's going to come down to if you want to go through the defensive matchups that they're going to face and say. Well, this is a game but where they have a strong change, outside corner. Injuries yeah, change all like, of that. Exactly. But you want as much as much exposure to offenses like the Rams and the Chiefs and the Saints as you could possibly right. yeah. get. Mm-hmm. Would you draft two of them? Like, would you if you're at that three four turn, let's say around there? Would you draft two of them? You want? You just told me you want as much exposure as you can get. Direct quote. I think isn't this a little bit different though? Because there's only there's almost like like you want. At least one. Like, you want some exposure, but the thing is, if you... Are they going to be pass? Like, what's the passing volume going to be like? Are they going to pass all that much that, like, it could support three of these guys on a weekly basis? Like, I think maybe... It, right. There might be, like... Like, one of these guys is probably going to be left out every single week. More than Are you going to be able to figure that out? And, and, so, if you have Robert Woods but, and Cooks on your team, you're taking a chance on having, like... Because they're on the same team together, you're taking that chance that, all right... I have it's it's less likely that both of these guys go off in the same game. It's fair, and it is like having Mike Evans and one of them. And that's just because like that. there's three. Because like I think you'd happily take like Juju and Antonio Brown on the same team, obviously. Um, Greg, how about this? Yeah, through week five this year, mm-hmm. Cooper Cup was wide receiver two overall. I remember that. Wide receiver. So I I did it this year. I owned Robert Woods and Cooper Cup together on a team, and it took me like three weeks before I started both of them consistently. And I would happily do it again, in all honesty. And my answer is yes. I would happily do it because when you take these great offenses, you just get so much production. In half PPR, all three of them are inside the top 22. So they're all at least wide receiver twos. And I think that's where their value is going to live, Like, right? Like, Robert Woods is not a wide receiver one for fantasy. Cooper Cup, as good as he was through the first five weeks of the season, I don't think he's a wide receiver one for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's drafting this guy in... The late second, early third round. At least I don't think so as of right now. I agree. I think they're more of like fourth round picks. I think they're, I think they're three like four wide turn, receiver twos. I think they're three four turn picks, and I think they're wide receiver twos. And depending on your running, now Greg's three four turn next year. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Give me both. It's possible, man. I mean, he'd certainly be better than Drake and Kenny and Drake and Chris Hogan. Yeah, I'm a little bit. I'm not as optimistic as you are. Okay. 
uh, in drafting both of them because we've kind of seen some cracks in the McVay's offense. Like people are trying to f- starting to figure it out a little bit. I think the fact that they lost Cooper Cup actually contributes to the fact that people are starting to figure this offense out because Cooper Cup is a huge piece. Definitely. So losing him, you know, that was pivotal for this team. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I just think it kind of like limits the upside, right? Let's end the YouTube stream here. Fantasy Frenzy's up next. Corey Parson, Jim Day, Chris Ventra. Uh, they'll have you covered for the next hour or so. Uh, we'll go live. Uh, we'll be live here on the radio for the next five minutes. About If you're listening on the podcast, like, subscribe, rate us five stars, and please leave a comment. Now, it's funny because we're talking about the Rams, right, and all bunch together. We talked about the Vikings. We talked about the Steelers. There was one more team that ejected a couple of pieces on. We didn't necessarily know how to rank them, if you remember, Frank. There was the Detroit Lions with Golden Tate, yep. I remember Marvin Jones, question that you asked and me. Kenny Galladay. The exact question you asked me is, how likely is it all three of these guys finish inside the top four? It's not very, it was not very likely, it seems. Yeah. Golden Tate gets traded away. Marvin Jones gets hurt. And it's actually Kenny Galladay that emerges as the number one wide receiver. I had Golden Tate ranked as my 17th highest wide receiver on the board this year. Um, you, Frankie, had... Let me find your rankings. You had Golden Tate... Are using half PPR? I am. You had Golden Tate 23. Yep. You had Golden Tate 23, and you had Marv at 27. You had them very, very close together. It was not very high on the Lions passing attack. Kenny Galladay all the way down at 54. For me, Kenny Galladay was all the way down at 51. So we were both very, very similar over there. Very wrong. What is Kenny Galladay next year? Uh, Kenny Galladay should be a target monster again. Okay. I do think Marvin Jones will be back with the team. I don't necessarily think that that hurts Kenny Galladay. I think the fact that he's on the field can actually help a little bit because as we're seeing now, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay with the targets he's getting, he's been a little inefficient. He's kind of banged up. That also comes down to Stafford, who has not played well this year at all. So he needs to get healthy and he needs to rebound next season as well. But can they support two top twenty? Top 30 wide receivers? I think that's possible. I do think, I think Kenny Galladay might be a little bit overhyped because people are going to forget about Marvin Jones and they're just kind of looking at the uh, the physical being that is yeah. Kenny Galladay. They're going to kind of fall in love with that. I, I agree. I think he's, I think he could go in the same range as like those Rams wide receivers. I could see that happening. It's interesting. In the fourth round. But I think Marvin Jones is actually, if you're getting the two or three round discount on him, you're getting him in like the sixth or seventh round next year. I think that's something I might be in on. Yeah, you're getting, the, I, you're getting the value there. I think Kenny Galladay is going to be one of these guys. I think you, people remember the build, and the, people remember some of the awesome catches and that strength. The people look at like um, Demarius Thomas, how big he is, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to like downplay that either because Kenny Galladay is going to be a great player. He definitely is. Like he has, like the build is awesome. Like you should yeah. be excited about that. If you have him in keeper or dynasty, you should be. I just worry that people are going to buy into that a little bit too much. And I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't know how much exposure I'm going to want to like the Lions' offense. Arion Johnson, I think, is awesome, but has actually been injury-prone now going back to his days at college. So as much as you like Carrion, it's like we need to see something from in the offseason, whether you know they change the OC, um, they're going to have to have some, some big preseason games or something for us to buy back in because Matthew Stafford just looked atrocious this season. Matthew Stafford looked absolutely horrific. Kenny Galladay, um, again, you're, you're absolutely right, Frank. I don't want to like put Galladay down in any way, but he's going to be one of these names that... I think go a little bit higher than they should. Now, again, I thought last year that guy was going to be Juju Smith-Schuster, and Juju Smith-Schuster was just voted uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers MVP on this season, which I think is a little crazy that it's not Ben, as we kind of just talked about. Um, and the Pete, Report- Pete reporters are actually going nuts that it's not Ben. Um, but 
I think Kenny Galladay could be next year's Juju Smith-Schuster in drafts, which is certainly not an indictment in any way. It's actually, you know, pretty good. Yes. So that's one. That was a similarity that kind of. Now that they play the same position, but that kind of came to mind. And I mean, slot um, wide receivers. Frank, we have two minutes now left um, in the program. What's next for? I guess Golden Tate's going to depend on where he ends up, and then Marvin I was Jones. Going to ask you, like, where do you think a good landing spot would be for Golden Tate? I'm just kind of like throwing you on the spot, kind of thing. Yeah, where where's a good landing spot for Golden Tate? A team that can use maybe a team that has really a really good weapon on the outside but needs a reliable slot receiver. So the Jets. Houston's a- Houston's not bad. The Jets come to mind. The Jets still need a number one wide like as much as we like Robbie, he's not a typical right. number one wide receiver for NFL purposes. But there's Compare- no but there's no wide receiver out there this year. To go grab as that kind of yeah, but that's threat. why I do think that the Jets will be in on the trade market, whether it's with like AJ Green, okay, or and Pavona saying the Bears in my ear. I, I think they're going to develop Anthony Miller, Miller. The, guy, the guy that they want to be that. Uh, just scrolling through here, Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore also needs like a number one wide receiver. So I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Is Mark Cooper a free agent right now? Indianapolis. Indianapolis would be great. They have a lot of money to spend. Indianapolis would be great with Ty Hilton. Indianapolis would be great. I also like to throw mm-hmm. to the tight ends a lot, but I think that's something that can make a lot of sense. And sure. Luck. Sure. And then Marvin Jones. Does he have any value next year? Yeah, Marvin Jones. I, I'm telling you, if you're getting two or three round discount on Marvin Jones next year as compared to Kenny Galladay, that's something that I'm going to be in on. Because I don't know how far off the numbers are going to be. Okay. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to preview all the Week 17 games. We'll take your calls for DFS and for season long. For Frank Staffel, my name is Greg Sussman. The Fantasy Football Frenzy is up next. We'll see you tomorrow. We oh. hope.